week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts if they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 391, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Looking like Magic Mike after dark over there for you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. The lighting in here is shit in this basement, so I'm trying to figure out what the best way to do it is right now. And right now, the best way to do it is turning off all the lights. So I mean, it's making down, you look down. like we talked before about when you were going to Florida. You were supposed to get this. To, you look like 18 shades darker and you're in upstate New York. I don't think that was supposed to happen. Well, this is actually the tan color that I look like. The light was just washing it out. I just couldn't accept it. I needed my tan to come through. That's why we're, we're rocking this lighting now. Uh, seeing everybody in the chat. Good to see everybody. Nick Feldman brings up. Yeah, your buddy Smoking Jay showed up. And uh, uh, Mike, a bad effort. Uh, not not the horse's fault. Once again, not the horse's fault. Yeah, kind of frustrating. Because like when you, when you play back horses and you're playing them off bad trips, you kind of hope they don't get the exact same trip again. And that pretty much is what happened. He broke poorly, kind of rushed up, stuck to the inside, never had a chance to run until later in the lane. Didn't really have much kick anyway, so I'm not sure how much of a difference it would have made. But like, it's one of those where you're like, this is a terrible trip off a terrible trip. Do you just kind of chase the horse or does the horse make his own luck in this case? It's a closer. Often the closers can make their own luck and sometimes they're just going to get bad trips. Like you think about set piece in, in one of the feature in one of the feature races, I think it was on Saturday, where set piece got an awful trip, but you're a deep closer trying to go through on the rail. What do you think's going to happen? It's just going to part like the Red Sea. So a little frustrating with the effort. The, the, like obviously the break was was less than less than wonderful so it's one of those horses where now i'm gonna have to watch it i'm gonna keep it as a stabled up horse but i'm going to make sure the price is right i mean that was the biggest knock today because yeah. the price got down to three to one at one point i'm like eh, i want this horse at eight to one ten to one because there is a chance you're gonna have that trip trouble from a closer and you're not as accomplished as some of these other horses in the race you're, you kind of have to demand the value on those type of horses well, uh, luckily, we have two turf sprints on today's sequence, Mike, so we get to really sit here and figure out who gets to have the best uh, trip trouble and uh, best trips in general. By the way, shout, yeah, shout out to Nick Feldman. Uh, in Italian, you and Katie Page both uh, uh, called out in Italian in, in live chat, so I want to give you both a heads up. I don't remember who did what on which show, but I know Nick was one and Katie was the other, so congrats. Uh, she finally got to run longer, and that was a big difference, and looking back, Mike, uh, I really don't understand how we didn't see this coming. It's a daughter of Dubai stretching out to nine furlongs for the first time and was the fastest one in the field early. Yeah, but I don't, I'm like, look, I, I said, I, I tweeted this out. Like, I, I was shocked. This is the first time I was shocked at Saratoga was when in Italian won. And it wasn't because in Italian won, it's how in Italian won. And she went 22 and change, 45 and change, and never even stopped for a second. She ran 12s the rest of the way. What are you supposed to do? Like, I mean, the fact that an Italian set a course record is to me what was shocking, not the fact that she won. And and that that's obviously I didn't necessarily put that in the tweet, but that's what they meant by it. Like, it, she was a logical horse in that sense. If you thought she could get loose, but I just if she got loose at twenty four forty eight and wins, okay, totally get it, right? But getting loose, going twenty two forty five and being able to just kind of keep going was phenomenal. Just a great great performance. But she's been running against some good horses and and. Showing like a good version of herself, and the ad distance was a, a positive. 
The uh, the next race for her, Chad Brown says she's going to take some time off and target the first Lady Stakes at Keeneland in October, and that's a one-mile route that ends up being a win and you're in for the Philly Mare Sprint. Uh, I'm sorry, Philly Mare Turf. And uh, both of that race, Breeze Cup, is also going to be at Keeneland, so that's a big reason she's coming back. Uh, but the Philly Mare Turf is a mile and three-sixteenths race, so uh, just under the distance that she set the course record at Saratoga. So I'm going to make a prediction now. She's going to go to that – the not the just again, the first Lady Stakes – She's gonna get waxed probably by Regal Glory, her stable mate, and then she's gonna go to Philly Mare Turf. We're all gonna go. We're all gonna forget about her again, and then she's gonna stretch out to Mount Three Six and do well. So watch out for her when she goes back to the Breeders' Cup. I, I she's she needs to be a price. I mean that because she's been beaten by some very good horses, but she needs to be a price for me. That eight to one number, I think that that really is is what was important here. If you're here looking at betting her, um, also like. The Saratoga Turf course is lightning quick right now. I mean, some of the times that were being posted, obviously you mentioned this was a course record. Big Invasion ran very, very fast, just missed breaking the course record the next day on Sunday. Um, so you had some monster efforts that, that happened over this turf course. And you had some, like, two-year-olds that were going, I think it was, like, 104 for four, five and a half. And, like, that's fast. Like that. So you have some of these spots where I, I – we haven't had rain at all until today. It's rained all day today, so there's going to be a little bit of moisture in the track for Wednesday. Um, from on the turf course, the dirt will be fast. There's not supposed to rain tomorrow, but it had not rained in a long time. So that rain is going to soften it up a little bit. Maybe you'll see a little bit slower times, but speed was generally fairly good. Um, and man, that that turf course was quick this weekend. Yeah, there were a lot of fast times, including like you mentioned, a record time here for uh, for nine furlongs. But uh, you know, they've had you've had good weather conditions for it, and uh, We'll see how things progress. Hopefully, we're going to have good weather. I know it's been a little iffy today in Saratoga, but hopefully by Wednesday, we're still on the turf course. I think so, but we got a lot of fun races here. So, ready to talk about some Saratoga? Let's do it, baby. Right is up. If you're going to be betting Saratoga, make sure you do it over at betptc.com. Sign up with promo codes DUDES. Get a $200 bonus after you spend $750 on the site. Uh, promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S, when you sign up for BetPTC, home of the instant rebate. So right after you bet, you're getting money back, which is kind of awesome. You get four, anywhere from, uh, I think it's like 2% up to 10%, depending on the track and the bet. Right back when the race goes official, goes right back into your account so you can fire away with it right away. Uh, and then also make sure it's on Saturdays you check out the King of the Hill promotion where you can win a free $10,000 BCBC seat. All of it over at betptc.com. Sign up for the promo code DUDES for two. They're really nice. They're, they're not legal in California yet, and I wish they were because this past weekend, I think my losses at Saratoga have been dampened a little bit by some of those rebates. But I had a couple hits. Definitely not nearly enough. We'll see if we can do better today. First leg, late pick five at Saratoga on Wednesday, July 20th. Mike, race six. We've got a field of seven older horses going six furlongs on the main track. All of these horses in for 40K tags. I honestly thought this is one of the uh, toughest open 40K claiming races I've ever tried to handicap. But you go, uh, go on top here. I mean, it was – first off, I want to just just real quick. This comment from, from Michael Olson, 0 for 6, the 6 fives. It's tough out there right now, man. Like, I, I tweeted yeah. about this, too, how, like, you've got to string your fourth or fifth or sixth picks together and be able to, to kind of find ways to, to, to nail your opinions. And that's what you've got. To, you've got to have a single somewhere. You've got to be able to spread. And when you're spreading, you've got to be right. And it, it's tough to go too deep in these races and feel confident. And that's really the, the hardest part when you're playing this kind of stuff. I was fortunate enough to hit the pick five for the bombs on, on Saturday. So that that definitely helped out. Catch a little over a thousand boxes so far at Saratoga. So that was nice. Win bets are your friend. I want to make sure I stress that. We're going to cover a pick five sequence here. Win bets and daily doubles are your friend. That is how I'd like, 
I, I, I bet quite a bit. I'm down a few hundred bucks for the meet after one weekend, and I'm pretty happy with it. I hit a couple win bets. I had a double. I had a couple chances of bigger scores as well. But you got to be taking advantage of the single race odds when you find it, and you got to be playing your best bets. We've been doing best bets over at uh, every month, Wednesday through Sunday. We've got the dudes who bet daily show. I was fortunate to hit best bets on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That definitely mm-hmm. helped out my overall weekend. But that finding what races and horses you like and playing them to win really helps cover those pick fives and pick four sequences, which are really tough to string together second, third, or fourth picks. Yeah, like Nick says, it really only takes a couple here. It was like the tournament plays, right? Any time eight to one saved the meat so far. Um, she kind of tanked mine a little bit, but or helped tank mine. She <laughs> wasn't the reason. But uh, Sunday was good. I wish that I had played. I wasn't uh, watching in real time. I thought for sure Big Invasion, the quick call, was going to be three to five, four to five, and I didn't want to put a big win bet on him. So I played the exact – she just played the big win bet on him because, boy, did he look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he he looked awesome, man. All right, anyway, Anyways, to answer your question, on top, give me our old friend Wendell Fong. I, I can't quit this horse. I actually – I can't quit this horse. I quit this horse for a long time, but I'm not going to quit this horse in this spot. This is the first time – that Wendell Fong is properly paid, placed in a really, really long time. We've been in allowances. We've put, been in overnight stakes. We've been in graded stakes. We're in the cr- claiming ranks now. And not only that, we're in the claiming ranks where there is a ton of speed here. So that, to me, is the big key here. You've got the two Coppertown that wants to go. The five aristocratic wants to go. Happy Farms got speed. You're going to see a pretty hot pace out front. One of my main factors when handicapping this race was I want to look for horses that are coming from off the pace. To me, the four Wendell Fong is one of those horses. And, and I think at four to one, it's one of those that is a win back candidate for me, depending if we get anywhere near that when the race actually goes off. Boy, I wanted to try and put this horse out. If you don't know, Wendell Fong is a uh, it's a reference. It's a very obscure reference to Frazier, which is already at this point, 2022, kind of obscure. Um, but I love this horse because of that. The owner's a big Frazier fan. I'm a big fan of Chad Summers. I couldn't put this horse on there, Mike. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to like him. Like I said, I thought this was a really tough open 40K claiming race. Thank you, Saratoga. So uh, pretty much any of these horses, if you like them, I'm not going to try and talk you off. My top pick is going to be the five aristocratic uh first off the claim for robert falcone jr first of all mike i think this is the fastest horse in the field could possibly go gate to wire in an angle that you taught me that you like horses who showed speed going slightly longer so six and a half furlongs uh the last two races was setting the pace now cuts back to six furlongs rosario's riding through the claim from charlie baker to robert falcone jr horses uh six of his nine career wins have been at six furlongs uh six for 24 at six furlongs as opposed to three for 24 at all other distances so this is the right spot for him. Falcone's really great off the claim because he spots horses really well, too. So uh, all of those, I love the fact that the five coming back to six, this is his good spot. He's over three at Saratoga. Maybe we can break that goose egg on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Fastest horse in the field. Um, like, I, I don't love the fact that this is a horse that's been hanging out in lower level claimers, but 40,000 seems like it's a fine level. I, I think aristocratic clears the question is whether or not he wins. He, to me, is the one speed that you want to be using here. So I am using the five as well uh, on my ticket. I'm going to ended up four deep here. I'm going to go to the rail for my next pick, the one horse, Prince James. Look. When David Donk gets hot, you just don't fade him. And, and when Jose Ortiz is riding for David Donk, generally it means the horse is live. I also think this was a sneaky good claim. If you go back and you look at where this horse was claimed out of, uh, they dropped in, took $40,000 off the Atris Barn, but did it in a mile and 16th race. Just draw a line through that race. First off, uh, 235 comes back and wins next time out. So that was actually a pretty good mile and 16th race. Secondly, this horse doesn't want to go a mile and 16th. Like, it's just not the right distance here. If you go back and you look at some of the six furlong efforts, this horse has tactical speed and actually does pass horses at the end of the race. And that, to me, is a huge key here. It's you're going to be close to that pace duel that I believe is going to, to transpire. 
but you're going to have some type of kick. If you look at the races at uh, the race, I think it's five back at Aqueduct in a $62,000 N2X, the horse closes from fourth up to second, ends up just missing. If you look at the race three back at Belmont going six furlongs, we're in fourth, we close up to second again. Now, we didn't win either of those races. This horse doesn't win as much as I would like. A lot of seconds in that line, but at 10 to one to kick up a pick five, which my ticket's only 48 bucks. I feel like this is one of those horses you kind of have to include. Well, I went back and forth on this horse. I ended up not using, but you make a lot of great points. Uh, Donk's uh, hot so far. Uh, the two wins were both on turf, and that's kind of where his bread and butter tends to be a little bit more. But uh, he's still 11% on dirt, so he's not terrible with it. I agree with the point about the claim, too. That mile on the 16th, it's like he claimed it just to say, no, we're going to cut you back because you don't belong in this spot. Um, I think they were trying to just see if they could get a stretch-out sprinter to steal that race. And, uh, yeah, backfires pretty quickly on them. But returns here with Jose Ortiz, uh, yeah, it definitely caught my attention. Um, let's go one just to the outside of that. The two horse would be my next play here. I only went too deep. Uh, Coppertown at three to one. Um, I'm going three to one with the two, my two picks here, but this horse is just like the five is cutting back from six and a half furlongs. I like this path. This horse missed by a head at six and a half furlongs was claiming or was, was grinding up to try and get the win. Didn't get there, but Irad is now going to ride through the claim. Canamasi is 22% first off the claim. He, like Falcone, properly spots his horses. Uh, and he's doing very well right now and this year because he's spot, like 235. That was a horse of his. So uh, he's doing well when he spots them in his, oops, in his claiming ring. So uh, you can mind the fact that Irad Ortiz Jr. has already ridden three of the last five starts, now through the claim. I know you're using this horse too. Did I miss any reason why you like him? No, you hit it. I, I mean, this is one of those that to me just kind of fits at this level. Uh, I like the fact that Irad's riding through it, as you mentioned. Uh, Kanamachi is one of those trainers which I don't think gets enough love for the claiming game that he plays. Uh, mm -hmm. When he claims the horse, you kind of have to pay attention. So I'll, I'll take the connections here at three to one. I thought this was a tough race. I'm just hoping we can get through this one and be able to fade the favorite. Neither of us are using six, Happy Farm, who I think we both believe will be the favorite. And it's going to be a little too short of a price to kind of include on these type of tickets. Well, yeah. And, and on three, two zone, uh, you know, th that race you can look at it. Three, two zone is like perfect. A six and a half, seven furlongs to this rank. Six furlongs, that's why 3-2 zone lost that. But then you see, you know, he did go out and win next out. Happy Farm, to me, I thought just got the perfect setup. And if you look, the fact that his last four buyers, and really, like, you go back to May of last year, he's got one buyer that's less than 81. There's an 80, 280s, 387s, a 91 on there. I'm really afraid, like you, this horse is going to get way over bet for this scenario because he is not a 3-5, to 4-5 to five even money horse against this group talent-wise. So I don't want to take that price. Yep. Nailed it. Perfect. Let's move on. Second leg of the late pick five is Saratoga, Wednesday, July 20th, race seven. We've got nine maiden Phillies, three and up spring, five and a half furlongs on the outer turf. First of two turf sprints. Mike, it's your bread and butter. Take it away. Look, I, I'm kind of chalking out here a little bit. Look, give me the two crowding out here. I The, the two horse, uh, Chad Brown, Ira Ortiz, makes a ton of sense in this spot. Uh, this horse is the only, one of the few four-year-olds that is in this field that last race is good enough to win it. Uh, it was actually a pretty good race as well. Split and double gotten girl, both pretty good horses here. The buyers are consistent. If you see any type of improvement from three to four, this horse is going to be really, really tough to handle in this spot has tactical speed has passed horses before. This is another one where if I get three to one, I'm, I'm probably hammering a win bet in here, throwing in a $200 win bet, something like that to try and take a shot here with a two horse crowding out. Cause I, I think it does just make a ton of sense. Uh, I had to choose between the two and the three, the way that my ticket was structured, Mike, and, and I split. I went with the three. So I didn't use the two, but I thought it had to come down to one of those two. Um, Chad Brown, if you look at I – mean, this is going to help your argument a little bit, Mike. If you look down on the form, it says Chad Brown's 10% in turf sprints, specifically five-and-a-half furlong turf sprints at Saratoga in the last five years. 
He's 22%. So uh, forget what he's doing at Keeneland, at Belmont, at, at Gulfstream Park. When it comes to Saratoga for a five and a half furlong turf sprint, he's 22%. Um, I'm afraid that this horse just isn't really uh, like we had, like we're, we're now four starts and we're hoping this is when the horse breaks the maiden. And, you know, three of them will be, this will be the third one on turf. This doesn't feel like a horse that's really got a ton of talent for what he has in the barn. She's four years old. Um, she could win, but I'm going to try and take a shot against her. Like I said, the three I'm going to use, um, I'll talk about her quick because then I went bombs away and you use the three as well, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. So nearly one going with a furlong and a half longer on the front end. It seems she's better suited to come from off the pace. You put two back at Churchill Downs at this distance. For an example of that, I like that she debuted at Keeneland. Uh, good effort in the loss to Shardy Party, who immediately won the grade three soaring softly after that with an 85 buyer. So it backs that up. Pratt is going to stay here instead of riding the seven for George Weaver a second time. Brad Cox is three for eight to start the meet. A fourth runner hit the board. To me, that's just saying a smaller sample size compared to Chad Brown. But Brad Cox right now is just firing as well as anybody. And that's ultimately why I went with the three over the two. Yeah, I mean, look, I used both of them, and then I used a bomb here. I'm singling later, and, and so my ticket's pretty cheap. It allowed me to, to, you know, use a couple horses here I may not generally use. I, I agree with you. I think five and a half is the key here. The horse made the league go in seven furlongs. It's interesting. You mentioned Chad Brown's turf sprinting numbers. A lot of those are established at Belmont where there's turf sprinting, everything, well, and and Gulfstream, where seven and a half is considered a turf sprint. Seven's, anything under a mile is considered a sprint. So some of those numbers get a little messed with because that. So I like the fact that you nailed down that five and a half number because that does make a big difference for him. Yeah, on the three, hey there, Brad Cox. Look, he's running well right now. I think five and a half is a better distance here than, than seven furlongs, which we saw last time out. You get Flavian Pratt aboard, who did have a rough weekend. I, I We should talk about the jockeys at some point because I, I have some interesting thoughts here on how this jockey colony performed in that first weekend. I, I like we have to have like our own little Joe Joel Rosario like bonfire to discussion here. It's, it's, we could have a TED talk about Joel Rosario and some of the atrocious rides he gave over the weekend, and yet he is leading the jockey standings because he gave some really good rides too. I mean, he went full bell curve in that first weekend. Anyway, uh, yeah, look, hey, there makes a ton of sense. I I, I think it's it, you pretty much have to use this horse based off that last race. You're you're going to see this. This one's, I mean, probably going to be the favorite, but makes sense to be the favorite. Um, I'm going to go with a bomb on the five, uh, Meander. This one's interesting. Grand Motion, not great first time out. And that's my biggest knock against the five. Um, but we're only 6% first time out. But we're getting 15 to one. I like that. I like the fact that Manny Franco's picking up the mount. He's been riding well. The dam is what's really interesting to me. So the dam has four wins, all of them in turf sprints, won her debut, was stakes placed. And the foals you see are over six combined when you go back to it. One of them was a very cheap sales price, didn't do much. The other ones went for a lot of money, went to the Calhoun Barn, ran really well first and second out, lost to Aloha West by less than two lengths sprinting. Aloha West, a Breeders' Cup champion. So that horse actually progressed well. So I'm not going to knock the dam for the two, the two children that came out. And both of them ran very good races first out. So the Fives family all runs well first out. I know motion doesn't, but the workouts fit. The breeding fits for a turf sprint. I, I think 15 to 1 is a, a pretty nice price here in a field that, look, I like the two. I like the three. There's not much else in here in my mind. I think that's probably why you're going bombs away as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't use – I looked a lot at the five. It was it was really just the grand motion – a combination of two things. Grand motion, really not great first-time starters. Uh, watch this horse for a second start, by the way, wherever she goes. If she looks like she's got any kind of talent on the track in this race, uh, look to play her next out. Uh, I also – there are two bombs that – similar bombs that I like. One that's a 15 to 1 as well, so – um, I like them a little bit better. I'll start with my top pick, actually, all the way at the bottom. There's the nine libretto. 
Uh, I think eight to one. I was afraid it was going to be a pipe dream. You didn't use the eight, the nine, so that makes me feel a little better. I've seen a lot of love for the filly. I see Nick Feldman's talking about her in the chat. She got three starts so far. Her best race was the only time that she tried going one turn. Came too bad going a mile on the outer turf at Belmont. She got bumped and squeezed way back along the rail, pushed way back farther than she wanted to be. Ended up following behind Lakota Spirit the whole way in the stretch. Just she was left with too much to do, but she was behind Lakota Spirit. Didn't lose ground on Lakota Spirit the entire time they were gaining. So. I thought that was good. I really thought she could have been a contender for a win with a better break and possibly not drawing the rail. Fourth place finisher with Belzon wins next out with a 77 buyer. But a lot of this, these two picks are going to come down to the trainers. You love Jorge Abreu. I was a little surprised you didn't use him here. Last five years, Jorge Abreu in turf races at specifically five and a half furlongs, 19%. When he's at Saratoga, 20%. Rosario won aboard a Jorge Abreu firster uh, going five and a half uh, furlongs on the turf back in 2020 so they don't ride together that often but when Rosario rides for Abreu at Saratoga he's had he's connected before uh, like I said I was surprised you didn't use this horse yeah look Abreu is his barn was kind of cold at Belmont and a lot of it was racing luck versus anything else I think he got a couple bad rides he had a couple second place finishes that's why you see 10 percent he's generally a better trainer than that I think he's primed to have a pretty good Saratoga meet look here's my biggest issue this horse is eight lengths back going a mile and 16th how far back is this horse going to be going five and a half furlongs? And, and then you have this issue where, I mean, we legitimately could be 15, 20 lengths back here going five and a half furlongs at the half mile point. This course is not playing to horses that are that deep of closers, especially at five and a half furlongs. I just, I couldn't include this one because of how slow it is early. I think that is the main issue uh, with the nine horse. Yeah, Rosario's going to need to, uh, he's going to make sure both feet are in the irons and we're ready to go early when these gates break open. Uh, I'm going to go bombs away just to the inside, the eight horse temerity at 15 to one. We talked about Jorge Abreu, former Chad Brown assistant. Fernando Abreu, that's his uh, younger brother. Both of these guys spent the winter in Florida. Fernando stayed behind at Gulfstream, non-championship meet Gulfstream. Why did Fernando Abreu send this and one other horse up to what is easily a top four hardest meet anywhere in the country, unless he thought this horse had some chance? This horse doesn't make any sense being here. If you look at the former or who the trainer is, you think, why is this horse here? Well, Ortiz, Jose Ortiz, forget, assume he's riding for Jorge Abreu. Jorge Abreu is taking care of this horse. It's in his barn. It's just racing under his brother's name right now. But Jose Ortiz and Jorge Abreu, 21% winners the last five years, 50-0% in the money together. Uh, Jose rode the nine two starts back, but he's going to end up here. I thought the, red, the race two starts back on the nine was its best race. So I think it's interesting that he's going to be here. On the eight, and the Phillies' only turf try, she lost to Diamond Wow. If you remember her, she was Diamond Oops' younger sister that all she did was go off and win a stakes race and go to the Breeders' Cup after that. So I think she's sneaky. I think it doesn't make sense that she's here. And because Jorge Abreu has two in here, technically, uh, I'm going to use her because I think I need to use both of them. Yeah, you also didn't mention that Fernando Abreu owns part of this horse, which makes it even more shady that this horse ends up here. Oh, he is that. Uh, yeah, that's right. I didn't see he that. So he shipped this horse up and he owns it. Uh, well, so you you would expect that they're not going to have a – you'd think that this horse is live, right? So I, I don't hate the use here. I thought about the seven. I thought about the eight. I like both of them more than I like the nine. I, I may add – you know, I may add the eight if, if I – if we'll see. We'll see how this ticket ends up because I'm just, at 48 bucks right things now. things that don't line up, they all line up to this horse being really sneaky here. You know what I mean? This is another one where if, if you're at the track or you're watching on Wednesday and this horse is at seven to one – this horse is going to fire. Like this is the one where the board is going to tell you if it's 25 to one, then, then no. But if you're seeing seven, eight to one, this horse is going to be live. Uh, real quick before we move on the number four Bally dove is the one I didn't use. And I'm most worried about this is Wesley Ward, John Velasquez turf sprinting in New York at four to one. 
Uh, didn't use I think there's faster horses and her only way of winning is going to get to wire. What about you? Yeah, I don't like the fact that we lost at Monmouth. To me, that was the big issue here. You need improvement second off the layoff to be competitive. It definitely could happen. She could try and make the lead. But uh, to me, the fact that you lost is odds on at Monmouth. And now you're coming to Saratoga in a much tougher field. I just, uh, no thanks. Not a 4-1. to one. I mean, again, if this is 15-20-1, to one, it's a different story. But sitting yeah. at 4-1, to one, then I, I, I can't use this horse just because I think the price is just way too short considering that last effort. If Paco can't bully ball you to victory at Monmouth Park on the front end, I, you're not winning at Saratoga. Sorry. A length <laughs> and a half running. up, too. Like, that's that? the thing. The, the horse was a length and a half clear in the stretch. Oh, yeah. And got caught. That's that's not what you want to see at Monmouth on a ward horse. Not, especially not a Wesley ward horse. No, they're supposed to be able to keep going. Third leg, late pick five on Wednesday, July 20th at Saratoga. Race eight. We've got 10 fillies and mares, three and up, sprinting six furlongs on the main track. Says non-winners of two other than or non-winners of three lifetime or optional claiming tag of 62.5. Kind of a mix here. Uh, we got a couple entry. Where are you going on top? I'm going with Smash Ticket, the two on top. And this is going to be interesting because I know you're not using this horse. We talked about this horse in, I think it was a week ago in the Magic Mike show. Um, when this horse was scratched out of a stakes two race. Ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. So a scratch out of a stakes race because of workers' compensation issues with the Fincher Barn. So that's the reason why we didn't see Smash Ticket that day. Smash Ticket now breaks from the rail but has to face older because they're trying to find a spot because this horse is ready to roll. You see that we switched to the Atris Barn, so the barn switched to allow this horse to be able to run in New York. This is really a prep for this horse, and it's an interesting spot. Look, I think Smash Ticket's the real deal. And if I think Smash Ticket's the real deal, I don't really mind that we're facing older here. Has the ability to stalk, so he doesn't need the lead from that that two post or the one post. Now it is going to be a little tough to work out a trip from there if you fall too far back. But the fact that we have Carmouche, we're going to be forwardly placed. He's going to send the horse right out of the gate. I, I believe that Smash Ticket is a very good horse. By the way, that Fincher treated that horse. We talked about it last time, where this horse ran once, then heads to Delmar because they want a bigger purse for that maiden special weight victory. They take that down and go right into the grade two. You don't see Fincher do that very often. And Fincher's a very good trainer. That's the thing. A lot of people don't know him, but if you've followed the Texas circuit, Sam Houston, Lone Star, it's very good, very high percentage trainer. Not a dumb guy. Does not send horses out of Texas often. When he does, you have to respect it. The fact that he did that and didn't just do it anywhere, but send it to Delmar tells me there's a ton of talent here. I'm going to go with the two smash ticket on top. Yeah, I went against her because I think this is just ultimately a tough spot for her. Um, there really are no spots for three-year-old fillies unless there's a stakes, and she that bullshit reason for like Todd Finch is like I've got the coverage. It's just not New York specific rules coverage, and it's uh, I know New York has an extremely strict insurance rules, so it really sucks that that's why it's like Emmanuel getting scratched for the stupid reason that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. Anyways, same day was that the same day? That was just all one shitty ass. No, same weekend. Kind of like, same uh, weekend. Anyways, let's talk about this. Uh, smash ticket. Uh, Carmouche and Atris, they're 23% of the last two years. Uh, last year at Saratoga, I didn't remember this. I was like, I think Atris did okay. He was 25% at Saratoga last year. He had 13 wins. 11 of those wins were in the claiming ranks. One was that grade one that Maracuja stole from Malathat, the CCA Oaks that she didn't deserve. And then one was in a starter allowance. My point is Atris does really great at the claiming levels, straight claiming levels. When you move him up, that's where his horses last year were struggling and not doing well. And so to that point, I don't like that she's moving up to face older horses. She's buried on the rail. She's had trouble breaking more than once in her career. And I know Carmouche is a great jockey to get them out of the gate. And that is a plus on her side. But I think breaking from the rail with all of these horses, this is to me the, the toughest field that she's actually gone to the gate for. Uh, we didn't mm-hmm. get to see her last, last race because she got scratched. But to me, this is a really tough spot. And being on the rail when there's multiple speed horses in here that will try to go with her, I think it just sets up poorly for her. And I think she's going to be bet so much that I don't want to use her. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it. I, I think the Atris stats are a little skewed just because this is a really unique scenario where you're switching from one barn to the other yes. in two weeks. I mean, and it's it's not like Atris has had this horse for a long time, and he doesn't get a plus plus horses, right? He's he's running a lot of his a lot of his success is in the claiming game, and that's why he's going to have better numbers there. Where he, he claims off someone, moves the horse up, gets rid of the horse in the claiming ranks again, right? He's not someone who gets five hundred thousand dollar yearlings in his barn very often, and so I think this is a unique scenario from that front. So I, I believe that the two is going to run a pretty big race here. I actually agree with Nick here. My other horse, the only I'm only going too deep here. Uh, give me that nine horse. I, I I really like mischievous Diane here, and this is an interesting one because I don't generally like these type of horses. But that was a huge effort off the layoff last time out, going six furlongs and one ten flat. It's an eighty six buyer first out as a three year old. I do love me some practical joke, and this horse is by practical joke. We're going under a mile, which is a key for practical joke. If we take any type of step forward, I think Ms. Mischievous Diane is a absolute monster in this spot. Could easily take this field gate to wire if the two smash ticket doesn't send. My top pick here. Yeah, perfect in both starts at six furlongs, improving, drawn outside all the other speed. Uh, fourth place horse from last time out earned an 84 buyer, just missing victory by a head. So I think all signs are, are pointing good for this horse. Uh, Dylan Davis has, has shown the few times that I've watched uh, Aqueduct to Belmont earlier in the year. They, yeah, he's, he's a lot better than I used to, I used to remember him being. He's, he's not at the Ortiz Pratt. Uh, Velasquez Rosario level yet, but he is improving. So I'm not going to knock the horse for having him. I went to three deep here. I'll go through them quickly. I used the six Betsy Blue at six to one for Linda Rice. Overall is six for 14 uh, with 12 finishes in the exact. 12 for 14, first or second. That's pretty good. Uh, three runner up uh, finishes and four tries at Saratoga. That's pretty good. They all came last year. Three of those losses came to next out repeat winners. Like not only did you run into a horse that won that race, they won next race too. So it keeps flattering you. But this horse does like to finish second a lot. As often as she wins, she does get second. Uh, the buyers, they are improving as we hit the second half of her four-year-old year. I think it's interesting. Since Linda Rice got a hold of this horse, she's only ever trusted two riders. I ride Ortiz Jr. and then Jose Lescano. So to me, that says a lot. I'll use the six, then also the four, Secret Love at 10 to 1, get a price. Johnny V's ridden this horse the last three starts. Five times overall, including winning the debut for John Kimmel. Uh, in five starts, two wins, and a second for Velasquez aboard. The Phillies two for four at the distance, pretty good. Only time off the board uh, going six came last out. But listen, this horse is taking a big class drop from facing state-bred stakes horses. Uh, last time out, the horses that were top three early, they were top three late. How the hell is this horse coming from off the pace, supposed to catch the carousels? Uh, don't also forget, she was a stakes winner going six and a half at three. So I think if she gets a decent trip, kind of similar to three back, when she's stalking uh, horses to get up there, I think I could get her at 10 to 1 here, Mike. Uh, I don't hate it. I, I was uh, The six was my next up, which I did, did not make the ticket. My deep ticket horses were the three and the four. So I, I, I don't hate it at all. I think the threes, the four's got a shot. The three is an interesting one for me. Mm-hmm. It's a Mott horse that's coming in from, uh, I think it's Argentina. Um, yeah, coming in from Argentina, ran in group one and group two company there, which is, is a lower level than what you see here, obviously. You know, it's talented horses there, but Mott, pretty good first time North America. Not one that you think of like that. You think of Chad Brown, you know, you think of some of the turf trainers here. Mott, pretty good first time North America as well, 20%, small sample size, just one for five. Um, but also very, very good first time Lasix, 26% with a $2.49 ROI. And I think there's a ton of speed in here. And I I would expect this horse is not going to show a ton of speed, but is going to try and pick the pieces up. Rosario, a good fit for that. Uh, so I kind of like the unknown here sitting at 10 to 1. Vicky's asking about honey money. Magic, <laughs> any thoughts on the five? Um, yeah, I assume this horse is going to be juiced out the ass. That's my thoughts on this five. I'll tell you why. Wayne Potts, the trainer that's formerly had this horse, not allowed to have stalls in Naira. Why? He's a guilty juicer. 
His assistant trainer, Bonnie Lucas, isn't allowed to claim horses from Naira tracks. Why? She's based in New Jersey. Why is she based in New Jersey and never in Naira, Mike? Hmm, I wonder. Yeah, this is going to juiced out the ass, but I'm just hoping it doesn't win. Yeah, look, I, I understand the cutback. It's interesting that Irad takes the mount. That's that's honestly the scariest part to me here. I would not be playing this horse if it wasn't Irad up. I, if you like him, demand the price. 12 to 1 is a pretty good number. So if, if you like the horse, you can include in your tickets. I don't see a race on the page that wins, and that's my biggest issue. Now, that doesn't mean the horse can't win on Wednesday, but to me, there's there's no, no race I can point to and say, hey, that gets the job done, and there are quite a few in here that have some talent. So we'd need to take a big-time step forward in a rather unlikely spot. Uh, so I, I'm going to avoid Honey Money because of it. But I, I do have a little interest in the cutback angle as well because, like I said, there's a ton of speed in here. And a lot of times, horses that show speed going longer, cutting back, can be sneaky horses because they're the ones running late. Yeah, if you want like legitimate reasons why I, I, I didn't use the horse. I think the wins, they all seem to came going gate to wire, and they were slow compared to what she's going to face here. So, um, you know, she's 6 for 13 on the fast track and 3 for 7 this year. Got a mile stakes win. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't think this is the right spot for her. Uh, and again, I really, you know, this horse is don't like the fact that this horse is even allowed to run here, but we'll move on. Penultimate leg of the late pick five is Saratoga Wednesday, July 20th, race nine. We've got another inaugural running of a stakes race, Mike. This is the Susie O'Kane stakes uh, going to mile and 16th on the inner turf course as is restricted to New York bred three-year-old fillies. We only have six in here, three MTOs. It looks like the weather will be clean. So focusing on these six, I almost singled with the horse that you used. Go ahead and talk about her. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't love singling the seven to five shot here, but it, you kind of feel dumb if you didn't single Big Invasion on Sunday. And I think that's kind of the same thing that we have here. I think she's a Mia just is a standout in this spot. I, there's not any horse that I think is going to have a solo lead that's going to be able to just run away from the field, which is one of the things I, I'm concerned about when I'm singling a horse like she's a Mia. Rosario in a smaller field, I think that he's going to do a good job riding this horse. He fits this horse's style very well. And then you just look at these two efforts. I think she's better at a mile and 16th versus going seven furlongs. So I'm glad that we're stretching back out. That race two back was good enough to win this race. And that was off the layoff. Comes back at seven furlongs, making a big run. Just doesn't quite get there. Now we're going two turns, mile 16th. I think that fits her. I don't really love her doing that one turn. I, I just feel like the she's a me is going to be absolutely loaded. Christophe Clement. Uh, I mean, it's funny. Slim's like Christophe Clement size cold. Four for 11 for the weekend. That's pretty darn good. Uh, I, I think he had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, and and uh, ten for eleven or nine for eleven in the money. Yeah, and then you also have Rosario, who again had some awful rides, but had some really good ones too. And so you kind of have to trust. And when when Rosario's riding for Clement, generally it's his his top tier. He thinks the horse is going to run well. So uh, I, look, I, I wanted to find a way around here, but the way around here is going to the three leases vision in my mind. And I don't want to play a seven to five and a five to two. I'm just going to say I'm going to single the seven to five shot, keep the ticket a little thinner, and go with she's and me on top. I'm trying to find the comment from Nick about. Uh... <laughs> about that. Right. What up, Slim? Hey, there he is. <laughs> Slim, by the way, let's take a break real quick. Talk about Saratoga Slim. I guess finished editing, but I didn't have time to produce them or publish them yet. But after this uh, video is done, probably another hour or so, Slim was in Ireland. He's in Ireland. I don't know if how many people know that. Slim was at Saratoga Friday. He was at the Curra Sunday in uh, in Ireland. So he's out there for work, but he went and interviewed uh, Joseph O'Brien and Aiden O'Brien both asked them about some potential Breeders' Cup horses they might have coming. So that'll be on our YouTube channel later. So make sure you check those out. Also, he did a tour of the Cura, and it's the most gorgeous track I think I've seen footage of. And then he goes, kind of looks like Aqueduct, and I wanted to punch him. <laughs> That's anyway, the so biggest compliment video, Aqueduct has ever gotten. Never the Cura to Aqueduct ever again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. She's a Mia. Yeah, I went too deep here. I used her. All great points. Uh, my concern with her is that the, when she's tried him out on the 16th, two turns in the past, 
She hasn't quite gotten there. I know one of them was without Christophe Clement with her previous trainer, uh, Cleveland Johnson. Uh, but I, I was a little worried about that. I looked at for lone speed potentially from the one. I was like, hey, maybe the one can go gate to wire. And I looked at the one's form. And Mike, if she couldn't go gate to wire going for 50K claimers uh, last time out at Belmont, I don't think she's going gate to wire here. So I'm going to have to say she, she can't hold on. She likes to struggle holding on. And Mama 16th, I'm going to use the four classic Lynn, not because I think she goes gate to wire, but this Joe Sharp's got two in here. And it almost feels to me like Salib, the one horse that he just claimed, She's going to go out there, try and set an honest pace, and it sets up for the four. It sets up for the five as well if that happens. But <laughs> watch problem. for Tyler Gaffney to play some games and try and keep the five horse behind him um, to keep that horse in his uh, sights at all times. The horse, we haven't seen her as a three-year-old. She did debut at Saratoga on the turf course, just missed by a length in that race. Uh, broke her maiden at this trip in her only time, trying to go two turns. Luis Saez was aboard. She showed good forward, uh, forward-placing ability and then just ran on with it when asked. I think she's kind of sneaky. Sharp is 35% off of breaks like this. He's two for two so far at the meet with Gaffleone riding. So if I can get four to one or maybe even a little bit better if she gets a little ignored, I think she's a good second use. But the five is definitely looks like a solid horse here. Yeah, I looked at the four a long time. And it, uh, the one, three, four, five are the, the three, four horses that I think make a ton of sense. And this is a six-horse field. So you just can't go that deep here, especially if you like the favorite at seven to five. The four uh, scratched out of Sundays, I think like seventh or eighth race, I believe it was. She was the 11 okay. post. Uh, Sharp left in one horse in that race. Saez was riding uh, that horse. Uh, Gaffin was on supposed to be on Classic Lynn that day as well. So interesting to scratch out an allowance to find ourselves here in a stakes race. So that's a, a positive sign. My problem is the four and the five seem like the same horse, right? I mean, like they, they have the exact same running style. So any setup the four gets, the five is going to get the exact same setup. And I think the five is just better. And like we talk about in sports, the worst thing you can do is play a, a better version of yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's what I kind of feel like you have with the four and the five here. It's one of the reasons I didn't use the four. Maybe that's what attracted me to the four because they're right there on the page next to each other. They kind of look similar. Uh, five definitely has the better buyers, but um, I know that the uh, the preview for this will be it is up at racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racing dudes. You can see what Aaron thought about the Susie O'Kane stakes. Uh, but Mike's doing the five. I'm going four or five. And let's move on. The fifth and final leg of that late pick five Wednesday at Saratoga on July 20th. I'm so sorry. I'm not used to having a microphone in front of me here. Race 10. We drew a field of 10 maidens, three and up, sprinting five and a half on the outer turf. In for $40,000 tags again. A couple entry drew the far outside two posts. So if you're thinking about a horse, just subtract one and that's the actual post. They'll be at. Uh, where'd you go on top here? I want the three super quality on top. Uh, second off a layoff, three-year-old that's going to be turf sprinting for the second time. The first race uh, debuted seven furlongs on the dirt, then goes to synthetic, runs a lot better on synthetic, then goes to turf and drops in the maiden claiming level. That's a sneaky good maiden claiming race. Starry Starry Night came back and almost won at a big price in a, uh, an optional, I think it was an allowance, a $50,000 starter allowance. Um, was rolling late and just missed. So that race actually gets flattered a little bit in that sense. Super quality, ran well made the lead, and then Starry Starry Night just ran it down, or uh, ran him down. So uh, with the way that Starry Starry Night came back and the fact that we're at the same level, now we're second off a layoff, should be a little more tuned up. Luis Saez picks up the mound. Give me the three super quality on top. This is another horse that I'll be interested in betting to win if we can get somewhere around a three-to-one number. Yeah, I'm with you. My top pick as well, you mentioned Starry Starry Night. That's a good third last week in the 5 and a half for a long starter allowance turf sprint. Matched the 71 buyer that he got for beating uh, super quality. So uh, I like it. I, I mean, seven to one last out, seven to two here. I understand why we're getting a lower price here. I'm still okay with it. I also like that he has been training at Saratoga since the training track opened. Like they've shipped him out to run elsewhere, but they've kept him training. That tells me, Mike, that from day one, they were like, we want this horse to win at Saratoga. Put him in the right spot when the meet opens. And this feels like the right spot. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a great. I, they found his friends, right? We'll put it that way again. And this is another good spot for Weaver. I'm also going to use the other Weaver, the six horse in here, Blinding Light, uh, two to one morning line favorite. The horse was in a fifty three thousand dollar maiden special weight down at Gulfstream. Showed a ton of speed with Haramio. Ends up getting nailed late, uh, running second. Now we're getting onto the turf. This horse is bred to love the turf. I mean, hard spun mare, New Year's Day, on, New Year's Day on the top side with Street Cry. You think that this horse is going to pick up that turf pretty well. Franco's probably going to send. This is your speed of the speed. Uh, I want that type of horse when we're talking about $40,000 claimers going five and a half furlongs. So the six makes a ton of sense and it's really logical. So I don't know if there's too much else to say about those two. The price I really liked right to the outside, the seven horse big woo. Did you use big woo? I love big woo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Look, Wayne Catalano. Not wonderful first time in his barn, 0 for 20, okay? I realize that's a problem. Uh, but when going from the maiden special weight to maiden claiming level, 22%. First time turf, 23%. Turf sprints, 33%. All of those are very good. Let's talk. Okay, first off, they say this gel- horse was gelded on 717, literally yesterday. Do you think that's true? I'm thinking that's not true. No, that's what, I think that's when they had to report it when the uh, at time of entry. So, Look at that workout three back. Yeah. I mean, 46 and four over the turf. It's the only turf workout we have. This horse absolutely blitzed it. Joe Sharp tried to get this horse on turf first time out. The race rains off. The horse runs terrible. But the horse was bet down to five to one in that spot. So first off, a little, little bit of steam on the board. We geld the horse. We add Lasix. We've got a killer workout. And Jose Ortiz randomly picks up this mount. Catalan Ortiz, one for five, $4.92 ROI. There's enough here. There's enough smoke that I think there's fire. I think the seven big wood runs a pretty big race. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said there. Um, you know, something went wrong after that debut because he disappears for nine months and we get the big class drop and the gelding. But uh, something went wrong after that race. He's, it's not like the horse is just not racing. He's here. So I think he fits in at 15 to 1. That was the biggest surprise to me. I was like, this. why is this horse going to be 15 to 1? Uh, maybe people will be scared off there. David Aragon is a sharp morning line odds maker. So uh, if he says 15 to 1, maybe we'll do that. So you and I agree. We went four deep here. We each agreed on those three. Here's where we split off. I'm going to use the eight naked and famous at eight to one. As Vicky says, wins the name game. Uh, hopefully wins this race, but at least wins the, wins something. Wins the name game. Uh, kind of like the the uh, the other horse that you were talking about, the uh, the six horse. Speed and quit on debut. It was going you know for long longer. Adds blinkers, keeps the bug boy drawn outside. Now he quit a lot harder than the six. Dude. I'll give him credit for that one. He when he quit, he quit hard. But uh, Jose Gomez is going to get that five pound break. Uh, Rudy Rod, twenty three percent together. So. Yeah, I, I like this horse at eight to one, but I know you didn't use the eight. Why not? No, I didn't. I, I, actually, I'm going to switch my horse. I used anyway. Uh, I didn't use the eight. My biggest issue, first off, the Rudy Rod Barn is ice cold to start out Saratoga. It was actually cooking pretty good uh, at, at Belmont, but it's had some trouble here at Saratoga. I don't love it when a horse from Rudy Rod's Barn doesn't get bet at all first time out, and this horse didn't, especially when they have speed. So the twenty to one fact in the first start was was not a wonderful thing for me. It was on the inside, so give him some credit there. Um, second out, first turf. I just there's enough here that I'm kind of concerned that we don't have a runner, and the fact that that they don't go to someone else, that they stick with the bug, was the other issue for me. If this was a, a big time horse, I think you would have gotten a call from Saez, from Irad, from someone where they they say, hey, we we want to get a big time jockey in here, um, and that was enough to kind of keep me off the eight. I'm going to go with the one, the entry, actually, is my fourth horse. So i got to adjust my ticket a little bit. I had the four on here, and I kept going back and forth. But I don't really want to use the four because I think there's better speed in here. And neither of those numbers from the four are good enough to win this race. You're going to need to see some some improvement third off the layoff. So we're going to chuck them out. We're going to go with the one, which is a little more of an unknown. And specifically, I like the 1A. Um, it's a horse that's uh, going to be second out in the mop barn, dropping in to maiden claiming after being in a maiden special weight last time out. 
picks up Rosario, which I think is a definite positive. But look at that work. Blitz is a 35-3 and three on July 16th to get ready for this race. And that, that, that tells you that they are going to have this 1A keyed up and ready to go. You call Rosario, you get him on the horse, you have an awesome work on the Mop Barn, which is something the Mop Barn not necessarily known for. That three furlong blowout right before a race kind of tips the hand that they want this horse ready and raring to go. So I'm going to throw in the 1-1A, specifically the 1A, onto my ticket. I consider didn't end up using, but uh, there's a lot of reasons to like it. It's a very intriguing horse to see what happens. And if this was a uh, a maiden special weight, I would say don't use. But maybe claiming debut coming into this spot, this feels like a good place to try it. Um, take the big class job. I mean, look who the, who the horse faced on dirt. Mo Donegal, the Belmont Stakes winner. That's all. That's all. Yeah. You know, don't worry about that. All right, that's good. This episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Saratoga's Late Pick 5 on Wednesday, July 20th. Uh, remember, if you are going to be playing and you haven't yet, sign up at betptc.com using promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S. You'll get a $200 bonus after you bet $750. And if you bet enough Pick 5 at Saratoga, that $750 comes pretty quick, Mike. But here's our tickets. Uh, we won't get you to $750 that quickly here. But I'll start off. I'm going to go 2-5 with 3-8-9 with 4-6-9 with 4-5 with 3 6 Seven eight. That's seventy two dollars. And then, sorry, yours wasn't ready. Whenever you're ready, pop it back up there. All right, I'm I'm actually adding, so we're both going to be seventy two bucks here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go one two four five with two three five eight with two nine with five with one a three six seven. That'll cost you seventy two dollars as well. I added the eight there. It was the Jose Ortiz horse we talked about at fifteen to one in that second leg. That's why my ticket got bumped up. Uh, this is a fun little sequence, and like one of the things that I've been texting with with Doc uh, Dr. Tang about as well. You don't have to try and avoid singling favorites if you're able to string together seven, eight to one shots in the other legs. If you're confident in that favor, big invasion, a great example of that. Uh, question I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to bring this up. You being at Saratoga, uh, Vicky asked, uh, any thoughts on how the track is playing at Saratoga so far? You did say that the everything's been pretty lightning quick. Yeah, the turf course has been very, very fast. Uh, the dirt course is very deep. It was interesting that the first day, D. Wayne Lucas coach, after his horse lost, he said that she wasn't ready, um, that that she just wasn't ready to handle the, the depth of the track at Saratoga, and it tired her out. And, and that was one of the reasons she wasn't able to get the job done. He said she will be ready closing day for the, the stakes. Um, yeah, I don't think – I think the dirt's playing very fair. You've seen horses win from closing. You've seen horses win from the middle. You've seen horses win from up front. Um, the turf course – I feel like has been very fair, but very fast, which makes it a little harder to close in some scenarios. So I don't want like the deep closers seem they have been doing very well, but those middle pack closers seem to have been very successful. So I'm, I'm looking for someone who is more forwardly placed on the turf right now. The dirt seems pretty fair. Magic commuter. I just saw that. Sorry. I thought I'd catch it before you said something there. Uh, everybody's, everybody's saying that that went so fast. I don't know. I thought we've gotten pretty good at getting this timed. I didn't think we went too fast. I think Shadi's just sad because it was the first time that she showed up in a while. <laughs> She's like, it's over already. Um, tell you what, how about this? Let's go, let's go over the rails real quick because I got a question for you. No antics of any kind except speed, and there we go with the antics. Oh. God, memories. I love that clip. Uh, listen, uh, big news. We texted about it. Bluey season three is coming out soon, Mike. Uh, I do want to know, first of all, are you frozen? You look frozen. I, I am frozen. Can you hear me, though? I can hear you. Okay. That's weird. This is all right. So Mike's just frozen. But hey, all right. So Bluey is coming out season three. What, is, what are some of your favorite Bluey episodes so far? 
Um, okay. Just, I'm trying to fix the camera here. Um, okay. It, so favorite episode, the bike episode is phenomenal. It's called The Bike. Right where they the blue learns to ride her bike and it goes over like failing and trying again. It was a hilarious one with a dog with really short arms that tries to get on the 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 uh, the, the rings the and then you've dog. got yeah the we and then you've got um, uh, uh, Bingo who's tried to get water and then the backpack is hilarious as well. So that the, the bike is up there. The other one I really like Shadowland. That's also an excellent episode. Um, the claw is a very good episode. I mean, there's yeah. just blue is excellent because you can try and just run through it and you can actually enjoy the show and not just not just like sit there and zone out as you're watching it with your kid. And by the way, on that note, if you're not sure what we're talking about, that means you don't have young children. Uh, Bluey yeah. is a BBC Australia show that's animated yep. and is on Disney plus right now. Yeah. Pretty much from a kid's show perspective, there's Bluey and then there is everything else. There's it's, it's, it's its own stratosphere of like excellence from a kid's show. And if you're bored and you're watching Bluey, they insert a long dog into every single episode. Can you find the long dog in each episode? So it's a good way to keep yourself entertained as it's going on. It's, it's either in the clouds or it's on the shelf or they put it somewhere. Every single episode, they have a long dog. So uh, Colson, my son, loves Bluey so much. We had a Bluey-themed uh, first-year birthday party, which I, I don't know that he noticed, but we loved it. It was pretty cool. But yeah, that's Bluey if you're watching, if you don't know. Hey, there you go. Shadi says she loves Bluey. It's like five, six minutes long, lots of great songs. Uh, yeah, Piggy says, I'm Googling trying to figure out what the hell you're talking about. Honestly, even if you don't have a kid, it's worth watching. Uh, the the uh, the, oh, baby race. So, I don't know if you saw baby race yet. My wife, like, literally just started crying in the middle of the first one you had us watch when when Bluey's she's telling Bingo about Bluey developing differently. Yeah, yeah, because all the kids develop differently. And so, like, baby race is about specifically the mother of the family and how she felt pressure to have her child walk faster than other mothers who had babies around the same time. Um, and it's, it's just a really, it, it, there's a lot of positive vibes in this whole show. It's, it's definitely worth checking out, even if you don't have a kid. Uh, although it probably is not as wonderful as if you do have a kid. <laughs> my favorite, because uh, that's my favorite song, too. We put the soundtrack on all the time for, like, trips to daycare to keep them calm. Uh, the Grannies. The Grannies yeah. one is just, like, it, it, the, the level of creativity that they go to in that episode. Anyways, that's Bluey. Go check yeah. it out if you haven't yet. Um, have you seen Thor Love and Thunder yet? I have not. I am in a Facebook group called uh, Nice Parking Spot Rita, where it is all <laughs> pictures of, of Bluey fans posting parking spots that they put in there. And one time I posted Jenna's parking spot and she allowed me to. She said it was OK uh, because it was so terrible. It was literally in three different spots. Uh, but, yeah, it's called That's Nice. Amazing. Again, if you haven't seen this, go watch the Granny's episode and you'll get the Nice Parking Spot Rita part. Nice parking spot, Rita. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to do that, and you made me do it. Uh, thank you so much for joining Mike and I. For real quick. I'm super excited for House of Dragon as well. Looking forward to that one. That's a very good show. Imagine I could probably do a pop culture podcast because we both like love the same television stuff as well. Uh, Miss Marvel was excellent, by the way. Anyone who wasn't watching that. And we got to do talk about this. One more horse racing thing because I think that that's kind of important. Where is it? Here it is. Uh, the jockeys. Oh, yes. Thanks, Nick. Let's Let's talk opening weekend here and how the jockeys fared. So do you want to tell us why your boy Flavian can't uh, win a race? <laughs> Dude, I, it's been it, – Saratoga's tough. It is, I would say, top four. Like, top four toughest meets, and I say that because I'm also counting the two Keeneland meets that are very tough, and Kentucky Downs is a crapshoot. So Saratoga is the, the toughest meet that's longer than two weeks and not up and down hills. Uh, that's why Flavian Pratt's struggling is my reason. Uh, he got he got nipped at the wire twice, which again, he's not used to the course, so you're going to see that more likely at the courses that he's not raced at before. So we'll give him that little bit one. But 
what really shows is the, the the depth of the jockey colony where you have Joel Rosario, Velasquez, Franco, Davis. Like, and I didn't mention the, the Ortiz brothers specifically because it's that middle to bottom tier that is so much better than out in California that those jockeys can run it. Like Franco can jump up and win two in a day. Velasquez can jump up and win two in a day. And it's it's the, the depth there makes it a lot harder to be consistently great. That's why you got to really respect what I read done. I still think Flavian will turn this around. I don't think that you're going to see yeah. him win two a weekend. Um, and I don't think you're going to see Rosario win seven a weekend either. But man, like th- there were some interesting rides overall. But I, I thought it's, I think it's wild that Joel Rosario is leading the jockey race right now. And literally his, his ride on Dairy Nane is the worst ride I've ever seen in my life. Like it was so terrible. And then the next race, he just wins on it. I think it was, uh, what was it? 10 to one shot, that 10 horse he wins very next time out. Like it's just wild to see how, how, inconsistent he can be in a single card like nick said twitter went off on rosario on thursday and then literally the next race and for the next one and a half days went hard as a mother on everyone yeah, yeah. we were watching it in real time nick we watched it <laughs> it's it's wild because it, you feel like like dairy name was going to blows my mind yeah city man is the horse he went on the next race I, like dairy name was the best horse in that race if you go back and watch it it's wild the horse breaks fifth and was last at the 16th bowl and ran third. It's like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, how do we get our horse with so much damn trouble? Unbelievable. Uh, Vicky said, watching Irad Pin Flavian on the rails been hysterical. I said that when the meet started, that I was like, Chad's starting to turn back towards Irad with some of his better horses. And Irad is, I, ever since, what was it, Memorial Day weekend, when he came to California and just beat up on Flavian, he was pissed about Keeneland. Uh, and I think he's still a little pissed about it. So this, hey, as betters and horse racing fans, this is just exciting for us. Man, credit event, great example. Credit event gets Pratt comes in second at Belmont. I read wins by open lengths on that horse and makes it look like a monster. Now I think this is again like we talked about this a little bit on on Dudes Who Bet Daily. When you're handicapping Saratoga, you almost need to like not ignore the Belmont turf form, but definitely a grain of salt because those tracks are so different. A mile and sixteenth is like a one and a quarter turn race, where the mile and sixteenth at Saratoga is two tight turns. I mean, horses are going to handle those tracks differently. You cannot be handicapping like the, the one turn, you know, the mile at, on the turf at, at Belmont is so different than a mile on turf at Saratoga. You've got to take a look at how the horses have done going two turns. Cause that could be a big difference. And, and horses handle that wildly different. Yeah. Nick, uh, I can't find it. The, the, Nick did say that in the chat. So I'm glad you brought that up before we got here real quick, Michael uh, Austin, Austin, you've been great in the chat. He brought this up. When we get back to it, uh, race one Wednesday, we have our first steeplechase race at Saratoga. I can't, I, I literally can't watch steeplechase because every time a horse falls, I freak out. Um, even though the ninety nine percent of the time they're okay. Anyways, I don't handicap them. Do you handicap them? And if so, how? Um, honestly, I'm not very good at it, so I don't do it all that all that much. I mean, it's really just the Saratoga races that I handicap. What I look for are trainers with two, um, the the, the and specific trainers I like. So Carrie Bryan uh, is done very well over the years for me she's yep. handicapping the seven horse in this in this race iranston or in iraniston uh, i don't know uh, but it, she's a very very good trainer and then i look at the the running lines and i try and find long shots that have run well against favorites I, it's really just kind of the most simple ways to do it i don't very bet very much on these i'm i'm like i'm your i'm gonna play a two dollar exacta with a, a you know one horse over two horses and try and get at least a 15 to one in there to see if we can just kind of blow it up and start the day for some fun or play some small pick threes if i like the first the second first two races uh, around the short track yeah, if you're betting this race, um, best of luck to you. I have no idea. I'm sure there there are people who know how to do this. It's just, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> it's not me. I will say the one thing that I know I remember from last year. You mentioned her, Carrie Breon, and she got what three of the horses in here, four, five, and seven. Um, she's the one that did really well here at Saratoga last year. So, 
find one of those that you like, I guess. That's my recommendation. Yeah, and I'm down Royals three for four at Saratoga and it's five to one. There you go. There's your winner, number two. I kind of like the four horse too, historic car. I mean, you you mentioned this, but like the horse ran very well in the three previous races, jumped up to the grade one company and ended up not finishing the race. That's the reason you're getting nine to two, right? Not a shorter price. So a lot of times the same angles I use in you know, general races, the non-steeplechase races, I'll go back and I'll use in the steeplechase races and host, hope that they can find me a price. Uh, last thing, we'll get out of here real quick. I'm going to make you choose gun to your head. Taba or Jack Christopher in the Haskell? Well, apparently Taba's not or Taba's not running. Like, that's the the rumor going around now is that Taba's got a fever and not going to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If, if Taba goes, I'm probably picking Taba. Uh, Jared and I were talking about it. He's with Bat Baffert now. Even if he's not your top pick, eat chalk and put those two on there. Like, you've got to have Taba on because you don't know uh, what's going to happen. Um, my, let's see. My problem. Find, sorry, go ahead. Jack, Jack Christopher is going to, it's like the hype train has already left the station. It's completely full. You got people trying to run it down so they can jump onto it. Like Jack Christopher is going to be three to five in that race, two to five, but he's never gone two turns. It's way too short of a price for a horse. Never going two turns before. Yeah. He's got the talent. He's got the breeding. Totally get it. I can't swallow two to five, three to five, especially when Tabe sitting there and you saw what he did at the San Diego Derby. Like we all knew the Kentucky Derby was too fast too soon. But you still saw the talent and thought the horse could win it. And now you have a situation where you're like, okay, now we've got a little more time to develop. We've already seen success at two turns. We like Messier is no slouch. That's who we ran down in San Diego Derby. Like, I, I can't, I don't understand the difference in the price. And I think that's the main reason I'll be on Taba. I'm looking for this Taba stuff to see. Um, all I've found is that one account has um, said that I, there is a, that the horse is. I've seen three. But I, I don't know. I can't find jack yeah. shit about this yet. I've seen three things on Twitter, but I think they're all through the same contact that they're getting information from, uh-huh. which isn't always right. So, uh-huh. um, I, I mean, I we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. We'll see if, if he ends up showing up or not. Um, yeah, I hope he does. I think it's going to be a heck of a race if he does. I think horses like like the what the strategy is, is going to be interesting as well. Jack Christopher's going to lead. Does Taba go too? He didn't. In the San Diego Derby, is this a situation where he wants to go inside? And if he does, all of a sudden, horses who probably aren't as good but are good horses, like Way to Barrio, who's getting Joel Rosario for that that race, become players in that spot because those two could cook each other if they both go. Uh, I'm going to go with Jack Christopher for now, but uh, but Taba, if he shows up, you've got to give him some credit. Anyways, uh, thanks for the love. We did go a little long here, but appreciate it. We love all of you, so that's why we do it. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday, Thursday, with a... Uh, are we doing Saratoga or do you want to do – you're going to be at Monmouth. Do you want to do Haskell weekend? Or do we do Delmar? Oh, Delmar. We got, we got, I already forgot about that. We got so many options. It's it's like it's a, a wealth of riches. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be at Monmouth on uh, Saturday too. So if anyone's out there, check it out. Uh, I'll be hanging out over at the ABR booth. Uh, make sure you come say hi. Haskell this weekend. The United Nations at Monmouth is this weekend. The CCA Oaks is this weekend. We've got Nest versus Secret Oath 2. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you visit racingnews.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Keller. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Until Thursday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Actually, until Wednesday, when we'll see you at noon Eastern for the next Dudes Who Bet Daily. Until then, take care, everybody. <laughs> this has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes. 
first. 